0: Welcome to the Park Road Talk Back Podcast. Today's podcast is a conversation with Russ Dean, co-pastor at Park Road Baptist Church with Amy Jacks Dean, about his book, Finding a New Way Home, The Unlikely Path of a Reluctant Baptist Renegade. I'm Bruce Holliday, Director of Communications at Park Road, and today Russ and I will be talking about Chapter 5 of his book, entitled, A New Dogma. It's all about where you draw your lines. Flo Russ, how are you today?
1: Bruce, good afternoon. Uh, I'm enjoying our conversations very much, so looking forward to another good chat today.
0: So am I. This has been a real treat for me. Uh, We continue to work our way through your book, Chapter by Chapter, and today's chapter, um, can you tell us a little bit about the subject and the inspiration for it?
1: Yeah, this was. I, I've I've enjoyed each of these conversations, Bruce. Reading the chapter again and kind of taking a walk down memory lane. And this goes back to our years in seminary. Um, my my best friend from seminary. I ended up working with him for a couple of years, and so we we played together, we dated together. Of course, I was always dating the same girl. <laughs> Amy and I were married at that time, and Terry was still dating. But we we spent a lot of time together. And um, so one day he made the comment. Um, I don't even know what we were talking. Talking about, but we we had lots of theological conversations along the way and whatever classes we were taking. And so I don't know what the subject was, but he said uh, he called me Dino, my nickname from Terry. And he said, Dino, it's just all a matter of where you draw your lines. Um, And something about that comment really stuck with me, really hit me in terms of my own upbringing, which really, in a way, had been sort of a fundamentalist. Um, not in a mean-spirited, uh, militant kind of way, but you know there were there were things we believed, and um, so truth was kind of absolute in that way of thinking. And um, so Terry's comment, "It's all a matter of where you draw your lines," really made me really made me think about where I had drawn my lines and why I had drawn them, where
0: I had drawn them. So, are you saying that uh, you've come to the conclusion there are not absolute truths, or? how do How do you feel about that if um if these lines between right and wrong and good and evil are maybe perhaps a little blurrier than we might have expected
1: now, I think the way I would answer that bruce is to say i I believe there is truth, um, but I believe our understanding of it human understanding of it is always um subjective it it's always biased by my own education and experience and, and upbringing and, you know, all of my own context. And so I believe that there is truth. And, and you know, I, I say God is truth. Um, but any of the lines that we draw, any of the dogmas that we draw, and we need, we need some humility about those, that those are all subject to our own bias um ba- based on a, a whole host of factors um so is there absolute truth i think there is truth I, I think all of our appropriation of that is uh is subject to our own to our own bias
0: well this makes life a little bit more complicated doesn't it i mean i, I think i've always thought that one of the things that must be very attractive about kind of a fundamentalist sort of faith is that things are black and white, it's right and wrong, and and, and the, the roadmap is very clear, but as you disca- describe these lines as being perhaps a little fuzzy or movable or even just self-defined, does that make life more complicated? Does it make it harder to find kind of a moral and ethical way forward for people?
1: Well, th- this is really kind of part and parcel of this whole journey that we've been on at at one time i would have said bruce you're absolutely right there are absolute truths and you know jesus christ is the only way and you know here are the things that we believe and if you believe the right things then you have the right way you're on the right path all that's absolute um and and that is true as long as that works for you um But what I what I believe, Bruce, is that so for so many folks, they come upon some moment in life. And and, you know, this this journey is is my um, not altogether dramatic, but but my experience of realizing uh, maybe those truths that I held to be absolute are not absolute and um, and in in the long uh, part of my journey, I've come to believe that um, th- there there's not so much comfort in, in that uh, as, as maybe I thought. Um, um, and, and for so many folks who have said who have been taught there's a there is only one way to believe, to think about everything. You know, they they. Invariably, folks come upon difficulties in life and those truths, they realize maybe this wasn't the case and they walk away. Um, and so it, it's kind of a it's kind of a two edged sword there, you know, um, and, and for me, there is now more more reality more realism and and in in that regard more comfort for me in recognizing that the world is a difficult place and very complex and and uh and what i understand to be truths and the the lines that i draw the beliefs that i hold are part of my framework from my experience and that gives me a lot of comfort that gives me a lot of strength um but i'm open to the fact that 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 i'm involved in drawing those lines
0: perhaps you could give us an example i think somewhere in the the chapter you say truth doesn't change but our vantage or view of that truth can change what what would be an example of um how we might have different perspectives about the same truth and and react differently.
1: Well, the the example that I gave in the, in, in the book was a kind of a metaphor. You're riding in the mountains um, and the mountain peak never moves it's in the same place but your your windy roads twist and twist and turn through the mountains and at some point you might look and the mountain peak is in your left window and at another point it's at in your right window and at another point it's in the rear view mirror you know so right. <clears throat> the peak hasn't changed but our journey on the route has made it look and a, 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 an awful lot different i mean so so much bruce that i I had understood as absolute. You know, the Bible is absolute and, and all we have to do is read it, and it's literal, it's black and white, you know, and 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 just the literal truth is is all we need there. Um you know, I, I my my understanding of my study and my years in dealing with with, with the Bible have helped me to see that um that the truths in the bible were written by people who were struggling just like i'm struggling you know uh, on a journey of faith just like i'm on a journey of faith and so um the the truth that I see there is a narrative truth, and if I can hear their story and find myself in that story, I, I can gain deep and invaluable wisdom from that. You know, the Bible says, "Slaves obey your masters." Do I believe right. that's absolute truth? I, I do not believe slaves ought to obey their masters because I do not believe slavery is uh, is a a just institution. And so, I, I've got to learn to think about that. "Quote unquote truth" in a very different way, Um, and so I don't appropriate biblical truth in the same way that I used to. In thinking, well, if if it says it in the Bible, slaves obey your masters, it must be true. So Mm -hmm. I've I've come uh, I've I've come to a very different way of drawing my line about what is important and how to understand biblical truth. That that would be a specific example
0: right so it, it's we have these different perspectives uh on truth and so that it seems to lead to kind of an evolution of our morality and ethics through time is 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 that correct is that how you see the world changing yeah.
1: I think we have to say absolutely. And slavery is a, is a prime example, you know, for a couple hundred years and, and for thousands of years, slavery was justified in cultures around the world. Um, and for, you know, the first 400 years of, of, of this country's history, um, slavery was justified. It was, it was part of our experience. Um, um, and, So and and there were there were Christian ministers who preached and they offered biblical justifications um, for for slavery. And, you know, they quoted that text that I just quoted, Slaves Obey Your Masters and other texts. And they pointed to Mm -hmm. and they would have said slavery is morally true because it's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. We now think slavery is morally reprehensible, even though it's in the Bible. So I do think that our understanding of what is moral um, changes. And, and uh, I don't believe that God changes. I don't believe that truth changes. I do believe that our understanding of that changes.
0: So if if, if we have kind of a fluidity to our moral and ethical standards, does that somehow diminish what we you know, Russ Dean and Bruce Holiday in the year 2021, what we would consider ethical and moral, do you think that that uh, and somehow diminishes what we hold to be true and right? Because this is going to continue to evolve, or do you think we have a handle on it uh, and and we've kind of found the truth ourselves?
1: Well, I say two things in, in this chapter related to that question. I say one is that everybody draws their lines. We, we all draw lines, and we ought to. I, I have to set some boundaries and parameters for what is right and what is good, and I have to draw some lines uh, and and live up to those, you know, live up to my own standards However, I've come to understand those. Um, for me, those lines are still drawn within the bounds of Christianity. Life understood through the lens of who Jesus Christ was, how he lived, how he treated one another, his relationship with God. Um, all of my personal lines that I draw are, are in that framework that I would call a Christian biblical framework. Um, but the other thing I say in in the chapter is that we need a lot of humility right. in terms of where we draw those lines, even... Even fundamentalists, you know, literalist, biblical uh, people who are biblical literalists who say, if it's in the Bible, by golly, I'm going to believe it. Fundamentalists can't even agree. There are groups of fundamentalists that say there are seven fundamentals and there are other groups of fundamentalists that say, (laughs) no, there are only five fundamentals. Well, you know, the fundamentalists can't even agree on what's fundamental. We all draw our lines Let's not be quite so haughty about where we draw those lines. And by golly, I got the absolute truth. And so, yeah, we've got to draw some lines and and have some rules and some boundaries for ourselves and and as a society. Um, and, And yet we need to be we need to be humble about how we draw those and recognize that we only have so much of a grasp on the truth now. And as that continues to change, we moved the, move the boundary line for slavery, thank God. We are moving the boundary lines for women's roles in society, thank God. We are moving the boundary lines for um, the acceptance of homosexuals in our society, thank God. Now that takes a long time. It takes a long mm-hmm. time to move those lines. Um, but I, I believe that is the way God works with us and God moves us to,
0: the, to truth. And so there needs to be humility there. What, what do you say to people? And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are hearing this discussion or thinking, well, it's, life is easier for me if, if you just tell me what's right and what's wrong and you don't leave this kind of gray area. How do you, how do you um, just assure people that they can function the way they always have in life, if, if they're not quite as certain about, or not as certain about their perspective on truth as they thought they were?
1: Well, li- life may be easier for a time. And there are some people that might, there some people that might get through a whole life and, you know, they believe, you know, th- their, their rules are absolutely right. And, you know, maybe they get through all of life and that's the case for so many people. And I think if you look at the church in this culture today, um, I, I have great concern about the decline of the church. And my my fear is that we have we have drawn the line so so brightly and and uh, so judgmentally. We're in, and you're out. Um, and a lot of those lines that that uh, we we've held to are lines that were drawn in in, in some years past and before scientific understanding of things. And, you know, uh, so there there are a lot of people for whom those lines no longer work. Um, And the world as they understand it today is dramatically different than the world they were given in, you know, their picture of the world from third grade Sunday school. And um, so there's not so much comfort um, Leslie Weatherhead, in his book, The Will of God, uh, says, there ultimately, there is no comfort in a lie. Um, we've mm-hmm. got to be open to truth, and scientific truth keeps pushing us, keeps pushing our understanding of the world and the way the world works. Um, we've got to be open to that. Um, and so holding on to, you know, a six-day creation narrative doesn't— does it work when science says that's not the way it happened? You know, right. um, yeah. we, we can try to keep people pushing toward that. But at some point, so many people have come upon contradictions or troubles with the rules that they've been given that ultimately they didn't work and they walked away. And I'm just convinced we've got to give people a bigger faith that can handle new revelations uh, about the world and how the world works and how God is with us in that world.
0: Right. One thing that I, I really appreciate about this chapter was you, you proposed removing uh, the idea of boundaries, lines, and replacing them with borderlands, kind of a wider space where people could uh, explore their faith and belief. Um, can you talk a little bit about your, your concept of borderlands?
1: Yeah, that was kind of interesting as I was writing this chapter. Um, as I say, it is important for us to draw lines and to recognize that everybody draws lines. You know, I am a male and not a female. There's some lines there. I am an American and not, you know, a Mexican or, a, you know, um, I am uh, a Christian and not a Jew and not a Muslim. And so there are some lines there. Those are those are in inevitable. We can't live life without without lines. And so um, we need to accept that we all have those lines and, and yet to make those lines impenetrable, to make them absolute, I just think is fraught with danger. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolute understandings of religion um, make everybody else wrong. And, 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 uh, and, and they put us in a place of judgment, um, and so to understand that, okay, these are the lines that I've drawn, but they also, in a way, invite us into exploration. Um, what are the lines I've drawn as a Christian? Who is Jesus? What about the divinity of Jesus and the humanity of Jesus, his relationship to God? Rather than, rather than thinking of that as, as an absolute line, to think about that as a, a borderland of discovery and Of questioning, um, helps me to deepen my understanding of Jesus, his humanity, and also in doing so of my own. And so, again, rather than thinking about these lines as absolute boundaries that you cannot cross, um, they are, they are invitations for discovery. Um, and I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not laissez-faire about that. I don't. I don't think we ought to just cross the lines, you know. Uh, you, you know, j- just for the just for the heck of it. Um, I mean, I think we take this very carefully. Um, all of the all of the the. The lines that we draw in terms of what we understand about truth and morality, what what is true and good in this world, um, we, we need to approach those with a lot of a lot of reverence and a, and a lot of care. You know, before we cross any of those lines. Um, There are a lot of those lines, Bruce, that we're looking at now in terms of where our science and our technology has taken us, the boundaries of biomedical ethics and um, euthanasia. Where does life begin? Where does life end? Um, How far can we? How far should we go with genetic engineering? I mean, all those things, you know, we have some lines um, and and we, we should. We will continue to push the boundaries, but we don't we don't cross any of those carelessly. Um, right. we, we approach them all I think with with sacred with sacred awe and sacred wonder and 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 prayerfully you know as as we move those lines
0: right in the book uh, you say the borderlands our fertile, sacred ground for spiritual growth. And uh, I think that's true. It, you know, there's no growth without some challenge or some questioning. And so I think what you're setting up is a model where people are constantly evaluating where they are in their faith and and thinking about it and not just uh, reacting in sort of a rote manner to uh, a rule book or or laws that have been set down for them
1: right and, and and on the other hand, uh, as I was trying to say just a moment ago, not I, I don't approach this as kind of a rebel well by golly, i'm just going to break all the lines you know i'm going I'm going to disdain all the rules and it you know this isn't just everything goes, anything goes. So there is a a careful and prayerful. um, I think I think the lines are part of kind of sacred mystery and sacred wonder, and as we approach any of those these biomedical issues that I've talked about, um, you know, a lot of people get very anxious uh, about these. Oh, well, we're playing God and all that stuff. And I think we've been playing God for a long time. And aren't you glad for it? You know, as long as we've known what vaccines were, we've been playing God and we, we have saved people's lives that long time ago, they said, well, God took him, you know, that's that's God's business. We we've been playing God for a long time, and so we we all of the lines are open to careful exploration um, and discovery. Um, and, and as I say, I, I think as we move those lines, we realize that God God is with us. Um, and uh, there's a verse in John's Gospel that talks about the Spirit guiding us into all truth. We are not there, but we are on a journey and we are moving. And we don't step across any lines with a rebellious kind of who cares attitude. We step across them very carefully, um, uh, believing that God is with us in, in each step of the journey.
0: Well, Russ, this has been uh, another very interesting journey through chapter five. And uh, i for one, will be looking forward to kind of wandering around in those borderlands and and thinking more seriously about some of the topics you brought up. So thanks for sharing your story and your time today. Yeah. Thank you, Bruce. I've enjoyed it. If you would like to learn more about attaining a copy of Russ's book, Finding a New Way Home, you can find that information at the Park Road website, parkroadbaptist.org under the resources tab. We invite you to share this podcast with your friends and family. They can always find it at the Park Road website Or you can listen and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn. That's it for this week. From all of us at Park Road Baptist Church, thank you for listening today. Grace and peace to you.